Chapter Three of Mysteries of Paris, Volume One by Eugène Sue. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: History of La Goualeuse. Let us begin at the beginning," said the Chourineur. "Yes, your parents," added Rodolph. "I never knew them," said Fleur de Marie. "The deuce," said the Chourineur. "Well, that is odd, Goualeuse. You and I are of the same family." "What, you too, Chourineur?" an orphan of the streets of paris like you my girl then who brought you up goualeuse asked rodolph i don't know sir as far back as i can remember i was i think about six or seven years old i was with an old one-eyed woman whom they call the chouette because she had a hooked nose a green eye quite round and was like an owl with one eye out note six the chouette the screech owl <laughs> i think i see her the old night-bird shouted the chourineur laughing the one-eyed woman resumed fleur de marie made me sell barley sugar in the evenings on the pont neuf but that was only an excuse for asking charity and when i did not bring her in at least ten sous the chouette beat me instead of giving me any supper are you sure the woman was not your mother inquired rodolph quite sure for she often scolded me for being fatherless and motherless and says she picked me up one day in the street so said the chourineur you had a dance instead of a meal if you did not pick up ten sous yes and after that i went to lie down on some straw spread on the ground when i was cold very cold i do not doubt it for the feather of beans straw is a very cold sort of stuff said the chourineur a dung heap is twice as good but then people don't like your smell and say oh the blackguard where has he been this remark made rodolph smile whilst fleur de marie thus continued next day the one-eyed woman gave me a similar allowance for breakfast as for supper and sent me to montfauçon to get some worms to bait for fish for in the daytime the chouette kept her stall for selling fishing lines near the bridge of notre dame for a child of seven years of age who is half dead with hunger and cold it is a long way from the rue de la mortellerie to montfauçon but exercise has made you grow as straight as an arrow my girl you have no reason to complain of that said the chourineur striking a light for his pipe well said the goualeuse i returned very very tired then at noon the chouette gave me a little bit of bread ah eating so little has kept your figure as fine as a needle girl you must not find fault with that said the chourineur puffing out a cloud of tobacco smoke but what ails you comrade i mean master rodolph you seem quite down like are you sorry for the girl and her miseries ah we all have and have had our miseries yes but not such miseries as mine chourineur said fleur de marie what not i goualeuse why my lass you were a queen to me at least when you were little you slept on straw and ate bread i passed my most comfortable nights in the lime-kilns at clichy like a regular vagabond i fed on cabbage stumps and other refuse vegetables which i picked up when and where i could but very often as it was so far to the lime-kilns at clichy and i was tired after my work i slept under the large stones at the louvre and then in winter i had white sheets that is whenever the snow fell a man is stronger but a poor little girl said fleur de marie and yet with all that 
i was as plump as a skylark what you remember that eh to be sure i do when the chouette beat me i fell always at the first blow then she stamped upon me screaming out ah the nasty little brute she hasn't a farden's worth of strength she can't stand even two thumps and then she called me pegriot little thief i never had any other name that was my baptismal name like me i had the baptism of a dog in a ditch and they called me fellow or you sir or albino it is really surprising my wench how much we resemble each other said the chourineur that's true in our misery said fleur de marie who addressed herself to the chourineur almost always feeling in spite of herself a sort of shame at the presence of rodolphe hardly venturing to raise her eyes to him although in appearance he belonged to that class with whom she ordinarily lived and when you had fetched the worms for the chouette what did you do inquired the chourineur why she made me beg until night then in the evening she went to sell fried fish on the pont neuf oh dear at that time it was a long while to wait for my morsel of bread and if i dared to ask the chouette for something to eat she beat me and said get ten sous then you shall have your supper then i being very hungry and as she hurt me very much cried with a very full heart and sore body the chouette tied my little basket of barley sugar round my neck and stationed me on the pont neuf where in winter i was frozen to death but sometimes in spite of myself i slept as i stood but not long for the chouette kicked me until i awoke i remained on the bridge till eleven o'clock my stock of the barley sugar hanging round my neck and often crying heartily the passengers touched by my tears sometimes gave me a sou and then i gained ten and sometimes fifteen sous which i gave to the chouette who searched me all over and even looked in my mouth to see if i had kept back anything well fifteen sous was a good haul for a little bird like you it was and then the one-eyed woman seeing that with her one eye said the chourineur laughing of course because she had but one well then she finding that when i cried i got more money always beat me severely before she put me on the bridge brutal but cunning well at last i got hardened to blows and as the chouette got in a passion when i did not cry why i to be revenged upon her the more she thumped me the more i laughed although the tears came into my eyes with the pain but poor goualeuse did not the sticks of barley sugar make you long for them ah yes chourineur but i never tasted them it was my ambition and my ambition ruined me one day returning from montfauçon some little boys beat me and stole my basket i came back well knowing what was in store for me and i had a shower of thumps and no bread in the evening before going to the bridge the chouette savage because i had not brought in anything the evening before instead of beating me as usual to make me cry made me bleed by pulling my hair from the sides of the temples where it is most tender tonnerre that was coming it too strong said the bandit striking his fist heavily on the table and frowning sternly to beat a child is no such great thing but to ill-use one so heaven and earth rodolphe had listened attentively to the recital of fleur de marie and now looked at the chourineur with astonishment the display of such feeling quite surprised him what ails you chourineur he inquired what ails me ails me 
why have you no feeling that devil's dam of a chouette who so brutally used this girl are you as hard as your own fists go on my girl said rodolph to fleur-de-marie without appearing to notice the chourineur's appeal i have told you how the chouette ill-used me to make me cry i was then sent on to the bridge with my barley sugar the one-eyed was at her usual spot and from time to time shook her doubled fist at me however as i had not broken my fast since the night before and as i was very hungry at the risk of putting the chouette in a passion i took a piece of barley sugar and began to eat it well done girl i ate another piece bravo go it my hearties i found it so good not from daintiness but real hunger but then a woman who sold oranges cried out to the one-eyed woman look ye there chouette pigriotte is eating the barley sugar oh thunder and lightning said the chourineur that would enrage her make her in a passion poor little mouse what a fright you were in when the chouette saw you eh how did you get out of that affair poor goualeuse asked rodolph with as much interest as the chourineur why it was a serious matter to me but that was afterwards for the chouette although boiling over with rage at seeing me devour the barley sugar could not leave her stove for the fish was frying ha 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 true true that was a difficult position for her said the chourineur laughing heartily at a distance the chouette threatened me with her long iron fork but when her fish was cooked she came towards me i had only collected three sous and i had eaten six sous worth she did not say a word but took me by the hand and dragged me away with her at this moment i do not know how it was that i did not die on the spot with fright i remember it as well as if it was this very moment it was very near to new year's day and there were a great many shops on the pont neuf all filled with toys and i had been looking at them all the evening with the greatest delight beautiful dolls little furnished houses you know how very amusing such things are for a child you had never had any playthings had you goualeuse asked the chourineur i mon dieu who was there to give me any playthings said the girl in a sad tone well the evening passed although it was in the depth of winter i only had on a little cotton gown no stockings no shift and with wooden shoes on my feet that was not enough to stifle me with heat was it well when the old woman took my hand i burst out into a perspiration from head to foot what frightened me most was that instead of swearing and storming as usual she only kept on grumbling between her teeth she never let go my hand but made me walk so fast so very fast that i was obliged to run to keep up with her and in running i had lost one of my wooden shoes and as i did not dare to say so i followed her with one foot naked on the bare stones when we reached home it was covered with blood a one-eyed old devil's kin said the chourineur again thumping the table in his anger it makes my heart quite cold to think of the poor little thing trotting alongside that cursed old brute with her poor little foot all bloody we lived in a garret in the rue de la montellerie beside the entrance to our alley there was a dram-shop and there the chouette went in still dragging me by the hand she then had a half pint of brandy at the bar the deuce why i could not drink that without being quite fuddled it was her usual quantity perhaps that was the reason why she beat me of an evening 
well at last we got up into our cock-loft the chouette double-locked the door i threw myself on my knees and asked her pardon for having eaten the barley sugar she did not answer me but i heard her mumbling to herself as she walked about the room what shall i do this evening to this little thief who has eaten all that barley sugar ah i see and she looked at me maliciously with her one green eye i was still on my knees when she suddenly went to a shelf and took down a pair of pincers pincers exclaimed the chourineur yes pincers what for to strike you inquired rodolph to pinch you said the chourineur no no answered the poor girl trembling at the very recollection to pull out your hair no to take out one of my teeth the chourineur uttered a blasphemous oath accompanied with such furious imprecations that all the guests in the tapis franc looked at him with astonishment why what is the matter with you asked rodolph the matter the matter i'll skin her alive that infernal old hag if i can catch her where is she tell me where is she let me find her and i'll throttle the old and did she really take out your tooth my poor child that wretched monster in woman's shape demanded rodolph whilst the chourineur was venting his rage in a volley of the most violent reproaches yes sir but not at the first pull how i suffered she held me with my head between her knees where she held it as if in a vice then half with her pincers half with her fingers she pulled out my tooth and then said now i will pull out one every day pigriotte and when you have not a tooth left i will throw you into the river and the fish shall eat you the old devil to break and pull out a poor child's teeth in that way exclaimed the chourineur with redoubled fury and how did you escape her then inquired rodolph of the goualeuse next day instead of going to montfauçon i went on the side of the champs-elysees so frightened was i of being drowned by the chouette i would have run to the end of the world rather than be again in the chouette's hands after walking and walking i fairly lost myself i had not begged a farthing and the more i thought the more frightened did i become at night i hid myself in a timber-yard under some piles of wood as i was very little i was able to creep under an old door and hide myself amongst a heap of logs i was so hungry that i tried to gnaw a piece of the bark but i could not bite it it was too hard at length i fell asleep in the morning hearing a noise i hid myself still further back in the woodpile it was tolerably warm and if i had had something to eat i could not have been better off for the winter like me in the lime-kiln i did not dare to quit the timber-yard for i fancied that the chouette would seek for me everywhere to pull out my teeth and drown me and that she would be sure to catch me if i stirred from where i was stay do not mention that old beast's name again it makes the blood come into my eyes the fact is that you have known misery bitter bitter misery poor little mite how sorry i am that i threatened to beat you just now and frightened you as i am a man i did not mean to do it why would you not have beaten me i have no one to defend me that's the very reason because you are not like the others because you have no one to take your part 
that i would not have beaten you when i say no one i do not mean our comrade rodolph but his coming was a chance and he certainly did give me my full allowance when we met go on my child said rodolph how did you get away from the timber-yard next day about noon i heard a great dog barking under the woodpile i listened and the bark came nearer and nearer then a deep voice exclaimed my dog barks somebody is hid in the yard they are thieves said another voice and the men then began to encourage the dog and cry find em find em lad the dog ran to me and for fear of being bitten i began to cry out with all my might and main hark said one of them i hear the cry of a child they called back the dog i came out from the pile of wood and saw a gentleman and a man in a blouse ah you little thief what are you doing in my timber-yard said the gentleman in a cross tone i put my hands together and said don't hurt me pray i have had nothing to eat for two days and i've run away from the chouette who pulled out my tooth and said she would throw me over to the fishes not knowing where to sleep i was passing before your door and i slept for the night amongst these logs under this heap not thinking i hurt anybody i'm not to be gammoned by you you little hussy you came to steal my logs go and call the watch said the timber merchant to his man ah the old vagabond the old reprobate call the watch why didn't he send for the artillery said the chourineur steal his logs and you only eight years old what an old ass not true sir his man replied steal your logs master how can she do that she is not so big as the smallest piece you are right replied the timber merchant but if she does not come for herself she does for others thieves have a parcel of children whom they send to pry about and hide themselves to open the doors of houses she must be taken to the commissary and mind she does not escape upon my life this timber merchant was more of a log than any log in his own yard said the chourineur i was taken to the commissary resumed goualeuse i accused myself of being a wanderer and they sent me to prison i was sent before the tribunal and sentenced as a rogue and vagabond to remain until i was sixteen years of age in a house of correction i thank the judges much for their kindness for in prison i had food i was not beaten and it was a paradise after the cock-loft of the chouette then in prison i learned to sew but sad to say i was idle i preferred singing to work and particularly when i saw the sunshine ah when the sun shone on the walls of the prison i could not help singing and then when i could sing i seemed no longer to be a prisoner it was after i began to sing so much that they called me goualeuse instead of pigriotte well when i was sixteen i left the jail at the door i found the ogress here and two or three old women who had come to see my fellow-prisoners and who had always told me that when i left the prison they would find work for me yes yes i see said the chourineur my pretty little maid said the ogress and her old companions come and lodge with us we will give you good clothes and then you may amuse yourself i didn't like them and refused saying to myself i know how to sew very well and i have two hundred francs in hand i have been eight years in prison i should like to enjoy myself a bit that won't hurt anybody work will come when the money is spent and so i began to spend my two hundred francs ah 
that was my mistake added fleur de marie with a sigh i ought first to have got my work but i hadn't a soul on earth to advise me at sixteen to be thrown on the city of paris as i was one is so lonely and what is done is done i have done wrong and i have suffered for it i began to spend my money first i bought flowers to put in my room i do love flowers then i bought a gown a nice shawl and i took a walk in the bois de boulogne and i went to st germain vincennes and other country places oh how i love the country with a lover by your side my girl asked the chourineur oh mon dieu no i like to be my own mistress i had my little excursions with a friend who was in prison with me a good little girl as can be they call her rigolette because she is always laughing rigolette rigolette i don't know her said the chourineur who appeared to be appealing to his memory i didn't think you knew her i am sure rigolette was very well behaved in prison and always so gay and so industrious she took out with her when she left the prison at least four hundred francs that she had earned and then she is so particular you should see her when i say i had no one to advise me i am wrong i ought to have listened to her for after having had a week's amusement together she said to me now we have had such a holiday we ought to try for work and not spend our money in waste i who was so happy in the fields and the woods it was just at the end of spring this year i answered oh i must be idle a little longer and then i will work hard since that time i have not seen rigolette but i heard a few days since that she was living near the temple that she was a famous needlewoman and earned at least twenty-five sous a day and has a small workroom of her own but now i could not for the world see her again i should die with shame if i met her so then my poor girl said rodolph you spent your money in the country you like the country do you like it i love it oh what i would not give to live there rigolette on the contrary prefers paris and likes to walk on the boulevards but she is so nice and so kind she went into the country only to please me and you do not even leave yourself a few sous to live upon whilst you found work said the chourineur yes i had reserved about fifty francs but it happened that i had for my washerwoman a woman called lorraine a poor thing with none but the good god to protect her she was then very near her confinement and yet was obliged all day long to be with her hands and feet in her washing-tubs she fell sick and not being able to work applied for admittance to a lying-in hospital but there was no room she could not work and her time was very near at hand and she had not a sou to pay for the bed in a garret from which they drove her fortunately she met one day at the end of the pont notre dame with goubin's wife who had been hiding for four days in a cellar of a house which was being pulled down behind the hotel dieu but why was goubin's wife hiding to escape from her husband who threatened to kill her and she only went out at night to buy some bread and it was then she met with poor lorraine ill and hardly able to drag herself along for she was expecting to be brought to bed every hour well it seems this goubin's wife took her to the cellar where she was hiding it was just a shelter and no more there she shared her bread and straw with the poor lorraine who was confined in this cellar of a poor little infant her only covering in bed was straw well it seems that goubin's wife could not bear it and so going out at all risks even of being killed by her husband who was looking for her everywhere 
she left the cellar in open day and came to me she knew i had still a little money left and that i could assist her if i would so when helmina had told me all about poor lorraine who was obliged to lie with her new-born babe on straw i told her to bring them both to my room at once and i would take a chamber for her next to mine this i did and oh how happy she was poor lorraine when she found herself in a bed with her babe beside her in a little couch which i had bought for her helmina and i nursed her until she was able to get about again and then with the rest of my money i enabled her to return to her washing-tubs and when all your money was spent on lorraine and her infant what did you do my child inquired rodolph i looked out for work but it was too late i can sew very well i have good courage and thought that i had only to ask for work and get it ah how i deceived myself i went into a shop where they sell ready-made linen and asked for employment and as i would not tell a story i said i had just left prison they showed me the door without making me any answer i begged they would give me a trial and they pushed me into the street as if i had been a thief then i remembered too late what rigolette had told me little by little i sold my small stock of clothes and linen and when all was gone and they turned me out of my lodging i had not tasted food for two days i did not know where to sleep at this moment i met the ogress and one of her old women who knew where i lodged and was always coming about me since i left prison they told me they would find me work and i believed them i went with them so exhausted for want of food that my senses were gone they gave me brandy to drink and-and here i am said the unhappy creature hiding her face in her hands have you lived a long time with the ogress my poor girl asked rodolph in accents of the deepest compassion six weeks sir replied goualeuse shuddering as she spoke i see i see said the chourineur i know you now as well as if i were your father and mother and you had never left my lap well well this is a confession indeed it makes you sad my girl to tell the story of your life said rodolph alas sir replied fleur de marie sorrowfully since i was born this is the first time it ever happened to me to recall all these things at once and my tale is not a merry one well said the chourineur ironically you are sorry perhaps that you are not a kitchen wench in a cook-shop or a servant to some old brutes who think of no one but themselves ah said fleur de marie with a deep sigh to be quite happy we must be quite virtuous oh what is your little head about now exclaimed the chourineur with a loud burst of laughter why not count your rosary in honour of your father and mother whom you never knew my father and mother abandoned me in the street like a puppy that is one too many in the house perhaps they had not enough to feed themselves said goualeuse with bitterness i want nothing of them i complain of nothing but there are lots happier than mine yours why what would you have you are as handsome as a venus and yet only sixteen and a half you sing like a nightingale behave yourself very prettily are called fleur de marie and yet you complain what will you say i should like to know when you will have a stove under your paddlers and a chinchilla boa like the ogress oh i shall never be so old as she is perhaps you have a charm for never growing any older no but i could not lead such a life i have already a bad cough 
ah i see you already in the cold meat-box go along you silly child you do you often have such thoughts as these goualeuse said rodolph sometimes you perhaps monsieur rodolph understand me in the morning when i go to buy my milk from the milkwoman at the corner of rue de la vieille de Rapprie, with the sou which the ogress gives me and see her go away in her little cart drawn by her donkey i do envy her so and i say to myself she is going into the country to the pure air to her home and her family and then i return alone into the garret of the ogress where you cannot see plainly even at noonday well child be good laugh at your troubles be good said the chourineur good mon dieu and how do you mean be good the clothes i wear belong to the ogress and i am in debt to her for my board and lodging i can't stir from her she would have me taken up as a thief i belong to her and i must pay her when she had uttered these last words the unhappy girl could not help shuddering and a tear trembled in her long eyelashes well but remain as you are and do not compare yourself to a country milkwoman said the chourineur are you taking leave of your senses only think you may yet cut a figure in the capital whilst the milkwoman must boil the pot for her brats milk her cows gather grass for her rabbits and perhaps after all get a black eye from her husband when he comes home from the pot-house why it is really ridiculous to hear you talk of envying her the goualeuse did not reply her eye was fixed her heart was full and the expression of her face was painfully distressed rodolph had listened to the recital made with so painful a frankness with deep interest misery destitution ignorance of the world had weighed down this wretched girl cast at sixteen years of age on the wide world of paris rodolph involuntarily thought of a beloved child whom he had lost a girl dead at six years of age and who had she survived would have been like fleur de marie sixteen years and a half old this recollection excited the more highly his solicitude for the unhappy creature whose narration he had just heard End of chapter 3